You are listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health, a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit, where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit diamondv.com because animal health deserves a healthier approach. Hello, this is the Dairy Voice podcast by Dairy Business News. I'm Connie Cooper with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Films by Connor AgriScience. So wellness is a big area of concern to our listeners, and today's podcast features some really interesting information from Dr. Sarah Kavidra, a researcher and scientist with Elanco Animal Health. Hi, Sarah, and welcome to the Dairy Voice podcast. Hey, Connie. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I know that you started out on a small row crop and beef uh, cow-calf farm near Trier, Iowa, but tell me where you went from there. Yeah, I'm a daughter of a corn farmer and dad had a hundred head of Angus cows growing up uh, when I was growing up. So that was the part I fell in love with, right? The animal part. Um, So I went to Kansas State from there with my heart set on being a beef nutritionist. Uh, Kansas State's obviously a really good place to go for that. Um, Then I took a physiology of lactation class taught by Barry Bradford, and that just made me absolutely fall in love with the dairy cow. They are the farm animal athletes of the world, right? They're the Olympic athletes. And so, yeah, from there, I started working in Barry's research lab, uh, particularly in transition cows, and got really interested in, in the physiology there. So went to do my PhD with Lance Baumgard at Iowa State from there and uh, got really interested in ketosis and researching gut health and the immune system. Um, Once I graduated with my PhD there, I went into industry. So I've been a tech consultant in the industry for about five years now, started a a trace mineral company and have uh, moved to Elanco Animal Health about a year and a half ago. So really enjoying my time getting to work with nutritionists and all of the people in the industry. It's been, it's been an awesome ride. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a great industry to work in. It's um, it's really a special place to be. So let's dive into your work in immune activation in dairy animals. Tell me about your work. What have you learned about immune activation? Uh, the consequences of, of that happening and what do we do about it? Whenever you get sick, Connie, um, I mean, your energy level goes way down, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The walk from the couch to the fridge seems like a marathon, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And a big part of that is your immune system has a huge drain on energy. Um, It takes a lot of energy to fight an infection. And so one of the places we really started to see this in the dairy world was in heat-stressed cows. So a heat stress cow will reduce intake, right? And milk yield will also go down. And we always thought for the longest time that that reduction in intake is what explained the reduction in milk yield. Lance Baumgard took cows and he heat stressed a group and he pair fed a group. 
in thermoneutral conditions. So now you're taking intake out of the equation, right? Does is is intake explaining the decrease in milk or is it heat related? And those cows that uh, were pair fed to the intake of the heat stress cows produce more milk than the heat stress cows. So clearly intake wasn't what was explaining the reduction in milk yield. Um, so then the question becomes, what is it and how do we fix it? That's when we turn to the immune system of uh, when an animal gets heat stressed, there's some immune activation that goes on. So if you think about blood flow, your blood flow redistributes from your gut to your skin because you're trying to dissipate heat. You get red, you sweat, lots of heat dissipation at the skin. Well, that constricts blood flow at the gut level. And now that gut doesn't have enough oxygen and it mm -hmm. becomes leaky and your gut barrier function is extremely important. Um, once that gut becomes leaky, you get all kinds of nasty things that can come in and cause an immune activation um, and start that drain on energy that we talked about before. California Bioenergy is a leading developer of dairy digesters in America. With more than 100 projects, over 40 of them operational, CalBio has the expertise to help your dairy generate revenue by capturing methane and creating renewable vehicle fuels. Founded by a dairy farmer, CalBio considers itself the most dairy-focused digester developer, building systems to last generations along with your existing family-owned operation. Now expanding with its subsidiaries, Northwest, Midwest, and Southwest Bioenergy, CalBio is ready to serve you. To learn more about how a CalBio digester could benefit your dairy, manure, and wallet, visit them at calbioenergy.com. Okay, let's back up to leaky gut. Explain what that is. So leaky gut is um, things that you don't want crossing the gut barrier that are crossing the gut barrier. Mm. So if you think about the intestinal tract, it's essentially a tube running from the mouth all the way through to the end of the animal. And everything inside that tube is technically outside of your body, even though it's hard to think about because it's in the cow, it's technically outside of her body. And, and once something crosses that gut barrier, it's now in systemic circulation. It's in her body. So if, if the gut breaks down, now we can get things like enzymes and toxins and bacteria crossing that gut barrier, causing an immune response. Um, there's billions of bacteria throughout the, the digestive tract that once they cross, they can cause bad things to happen. You have done research on this and, and case studies. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so there's um, more things than we think that can cause this leaky gut situation. And to be honest with you, they've been really well researched in humans and rodents and pigs, but we're just kind of starting to get into this in the ruminant world. Mm. Um, so we, we can take what we've learned from pigs and rodents and humans um, and start to build upon that research. So one of the things that we've noticed in humans uh, is that when we get stressed, our gut becomes leaky. So they did this really kind of interesting trial where they made people do a public speech, which is always really scary, right? <laughs> or, you know, do a podcast, whatever right. gets your heart rate Absolutely. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when they did that, when they had to give a public speech, their gut became leaky. So there's a connection with that stress mm -hmm. um, between getting stressed and having leaky gut. And I think that carries over into the dairy world. So where we've seen that is a feed restriction event. 
cows get really stressed out when they don't get feed at the time that they normally get feed. Mm-hmm. So we, we did a study once where we, we looked into that um, and restricting feed can cause leaky gut. Um, cows can eventually adapt to it, but it's that inconsistent feeding pattern that they don't like, that stress response that can cause leaky gut. So that's one aspect. Um, heat stress is another one. Mycotoxins would be another one. You know, poor hygiene in your feed, I think, is something that's really coming up as, as an issue that can cause poor gut health. When animals experience this, what happens? What they're, they're more prone to bacterial infections. Tell me about that. Yeah. So when, when this stress event happens, um, not only are they fighting the things coming across the GI tract, but they could also be fighting, you know, a respiratory challenge from their, their neighbor that has a BRD issue. Um, so once they have to start fighting multiple things at once, that's when it becomes a real problem. We call it, you know, stacked stressors. Mm. If you've got a gut health issue because they're heat stressed and she's being exposed to BRD and there's mycotoxin in her feed. Now she's got all these challenges that she has to deal with. Um, and all of them have a huge energy drain, um, to activating the immune response and, you know, the immune response doesn't know which one to tackle first. Right. So it, it becomes a real issue, particularly when you start stacking those. Right. And I would think that the stress makes every additional thing that she's dealing with harder and harder to manage. We talk about the, the energy drainage um, for milk production or growth uh, in the case of calves and young stock. How much energy is required for this? And do the case studies, there's a gap there. How, how, does the, how do the case studies illustrate that? Uh, again, back to like heat stress and what we see in the field. Intake goes down, but milk yield goes down even more. Um, so that's the gap. We've done studies uh, in lactating cows and calves and pigs, all looking at how much energy does the immune system require to fight an infection. So in a research setting, it's a little different. We're we're looking at a very intensely activated immune system because we need to be able to measure it. Uh, But I still think it's pretty applicable. So in in a lactating cow, she uses about 1,000 grams of glucose in 12 hours to fight that infection. So if you extrapolate that out to 24 hours, that's almost a five pound bag of sugar that she's using to fight an infection that's no longer going toward productive purposes. And and particularly in a lactating cow, I want to highlight the importance of glucose because glucose is a precursor to lactose and Mm -hmm. lactose is what drives milk yield. So that's an extremely economically important molecule for a dairy farmer. Uh, right. And so that, that drain is a big economic drain as well. And if you think about young stock, um, there's some potential growth implications. So w- we did the same thing with uh, 300 pound Holstein steers. Um, we measured the, the glucose required to support an activated immune response. And it was about 500 grams of glucose in 12 hours, a kilo in 24 hours. So if you put that in terms of how much energy is required to synthesize protein, make protein, lay down muscle tissue. Um, It's the same amount of energy that it takes to make about three pounds of lean tissue. So that again is, you know, energy going for a purpose that does not help your productivity and doesn't help your bottom line. Animal after animal, it adds up and adds up. 
for sure. Um, you get inconsistency in growth rates. You get, you know, it's also an animal welfare issue. But at the end of the day, you just you don't want that energy going for toward things that don't help you or the animal. The, cu- the cumulative effect is is negative. Yes, absolutely. So um, painted this gloom and doom of of the immune system being <laughs> challenged. What can we do to help those animals out? I think the dairy producer's biggest responsibility is keeping a clean environment. And, and that's why we I paint the doom and gloom picture, right? Is because it's easy to let things slip um, and not that it helps affect your bottom line, but it really does. Um, keeping a clean environment, keeping feed hygiene very clean, you know, not don't drive dirty tractors over the silage pile when you're packing that's it. That's right, absolutely. Yeah, little things like that um, make a huge, huge difference in not getting that immune activation, not making that cow stressed out. The other big thing I would ask dairy producers to do is to minimize stresses as much as you can on your farm. So we talked about feed restriction before. Being very timely with your feeding and making sure you stick to a schedule. Uh, Cows are creatures of habit, right? They come back to the same spot in the bunk all the time. They expect their feed at 6 a.m. every single day, and they get stressed out if it's not there. That stress is what can activate the immune system and, and contribute to challenges. So make sure you keep a consistent schedule. Watch overcrowding, right? That's another stress that can be put on the animal, unpalatable feed pen moves is another one Um, try to minimize pen moves and social stresses because those things can also activate the immune system what can we do to i mean changes are inevitable we have to do some of those things so what kind of suggestions do you have for farmers when those things just have to be done Uh, like yeah group you know like group pen changes and and that kind of thing yeah if your management is as tip top as you can get it. You know, there are some additives and nutritional strategies that you can use uh, to make sure you have optimal gut health. You know, there's probiotics, making sure you're, you have proper vitamin levels, zinc, betaine, butyrate. These are all things that are being researched or have been researched to affect gut health, Um, making sure that they have adequate gluconeogenic precursors. And that's a big word, but it's just uh, means, you know, things in the diet that are going to help support glucose production. What about um, in calves? Obviously, colostrum is is a big issue. Um, that's very well known that you need to feed your calves colostrum as soon as possible. What about uh, group feeding, group housing, that kind of thing with calves? You know, a lot of that depends on the cleanliness. If, if you can group house calves and keep things clean, I don't see a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, you know, we think of co-mingling as being a, a big stress and it is, um, but, you know, we've dug into some data and it suggests that BRD can be an issue in hutch calves too. So it, it's not just group housing. Um, it's not just co-mingling that's causing these issues. It's, I think, really boils down to good management and um, keeping a clean environment. Have you run out of silage, had to buy expensive, marked up feed to fill the gap? Maybe production's dropped due to lower dry matter intakes. Are molds or mycotoxins creeping through your piles or bunkers? And pitching the rot is a dangerous pain. Oxygen is the enemy 
pack it out, then keep it out with Seal Pro, the professional grade silage barrier film protection chosen by top professional farmers like you. Make more, better, safer silage with Seal Pro. Learn more at SealProSilage.com. How, okay, so we talked about, uh, I'm in California right now, and we've had a, a huge rain event here the last couple of days, and the temperatures have dropped significantly. How do you see weather, uh, whether you're in California or in Pennsylvania or Minnesota, Wisconsin, how does weather affect these cattle? Cows are creatures of habit, right? They don't like huge changes. Um, so when we get huge changes in weather, that's the issue. You know, we saw that this summer with heat stress. Normally it's not a big deal, but when you go from 30 degrees to 80 degrees in a matter of a couple of days, that's what really hits them hard. And unfortunately, in, in some of those situations, there's only so much we can do. We're kind of at the mercy of weather. In the dairy world, obviously, making sure your facilities are up to par in terms of heat abatement is a big issue. You know, like we'll go walk around dairies and, and soakers aren't hitting cows. Mm. Um, you know, some basic things like that to make sure soakers are hitting cows where they should, uh, making sure, you know, they, they're, uh, they have heat abatement as they're going into the parlor. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that those things are up to scratch is really important. How do genetics play a role? Have you studied that at all? Or do you know anything about how genetics might play a role? And we're going back to the leaky gut syndrome. Yeah, that's a great question. And to be honest with you, I'm a little bit of out of the realm of my expertise on this one. But, you know, anecdotally, I've heard some of these crossbred herds do a little bit better through transition. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think there might be something to that, but it needs to be researched. You know, there might be a gut health component to that, but it's all kind of speculation at this point. Um, I think it's a great point, Connie. I just think, um, yeah, we need more research in that area. Right. Well, probably to identify those cows with problems and then see if there's, I mean, they haven't discovered any markers or anything for this kind of a situation, have they? No, nothing um, on a commercial scale that we can, you know, go test for leaky gut, you know, that's still being explored and developed. Um, You know, there's a group out in Italy that's doing research on albumin to globulin ratio, and that can predict whether a cow transitions well or not. Mm. Uh, We've still got to bring that as a commercially available tool for the farmer yet. Um, But, you know, I hope it's coming. I hope we can help predict some of those cows that don't transition well and and help them before they have a problem. And then I was curious if there's a connection with leaky gut to yonis. I don't or, hear about yonis a lot. No, anymore. you don't anymore. No, no. And I don't know if it's been, if uh, dairy producers have done a good job of calling that out or they're just not, they've got so many other things going on that they're not paying attention to it or, or how that's working. Yeah, I don't know. And again, I'm probably not intelligent enough to comment on yonis specifically, but I, I wouldn't rule it out, right? Anything that causes um, immune system activation can affect the gut. So I'm kind of talking in a circle here, but even if you have BRD, a, a respiratory issue, that can affect the gut. You know, mucosal tissues are very much connected and uh, it's not out of line to think that an immune activation that comes from somewhere else doesn't also affect the gut. Right. Um, They've researched this in, in human burn patients. You know, if they have a burn on their skin, like a third degree burn, 
those patients will have leaky gut uh, Mm -hmm. because the stress of that response can cause the gut to become leaky. So I'm not answering your question well, Connie, but um, I wouldn't rule it out as being a potential cause of. Well, just like humans, cattle are one big chemistry set. I've always said that we're all just one big chemistry set and you can't uh, always isolate one infection or virus or condition from another and not expect everything else to not to be the same. Yeah. Like we've talked about before, stacked stressors, they add up. Well, do you have anything else that you'd like to add to our conversation that I might've missed? No, I don't think so. I mean, just the the summary is that I think the gut is a huge opportunity to make sure we don't get immune activation. It's it's a hugely important organ. It's a big surface area that keeps pathogens out. And at the same time, it's absorbing nutrients. So as, as nutritionists, as producers, the gut is something we should pay attention to. Right. And if, if left unchecked, you know, inflammation can result from that you know, feed restriction, heat stress, acidosis, psychological stress, all those contribute. So, and inflammation is energetically very costly. You know, a kilo of glucose, 2.2 pounds in 12 hours, going to non-productive purposes, preventing inflammation in the long run is going to save you money. Well, thank you, Dr. Kavidra, for talking to me today. I appreciate it. We've talked about immunity and uh, leaky gut and uh, all the different things that uh, are associated with that and with the immune system. This is the Dairy Voice podcast by Dairy Business News, and I'm Connie Cooper with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Films by Connor AgriScience. Be sure to like and follow the Dairy Voice podcast and share it with your friends, your family, and your business associates. Thank you, Dr. Kavidra, for giving us all this information today. Where could someone go to find out more information? I'd be happy to visit with anyone that wants to learn more about this. Reach out to your Elanco rep, visit trustedbygenerations.com, or feel free to email me directly. Uh, my email is sarahkavidra at elancoah.com, and you spell that S-A-R-A dot K-V-I-D-E-R-A at elancoah.com. Thank you again.